Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the LSE, and a particularly warm welcome to Jesse Buzek from uh, Poland, from the European Parliament, of course, now the President. And on my left, um, Norman Davis, who has rewritten the history of Europe and the British Isles uh, and um, everywhere else. And um, uh, as a lapsed historian myself, I am in awe of being between uh, these two eminences. Um, we are delighted to welcome uh, Mr. Buzek back to the LSE. He has spoken here before, four or five years ago. He is in London, partly, I think, to open Europe House, uh, which is in Smith Square, going to be the new headquarters of our European masters um, in uh, uh, London for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, but we are delighted that he found time to come here to spend some time with us as part of a continuing series of events organized by the European Institute here on the future of Europe. And the way things are going to uh, proceed uh, is that uh, Norman is going to ask most of the questions um, and uh, on the general subject of what Europe means to me. Uh, but I'm hoping that uh, in the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so, we can open it out to questions also from the uh, audience. Uh, so, uh, without further ado from me, uh, let me invite you to say a few words first, um, and then I think Norman is going to quiz you uh, about the future <laughs> oh, yeah, of the yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation, first of all. It's a great time for me, second time and LSE. Uh, first time it was about uh, energy, industry, research, because it was um, my, they were the, the most important topics for, for the last term in office in the European Parliament. Now the uh, topics are much more wide and not so deep in every, uh, every problem. You see financial times of today, Brussels breaches teachers stronghold uh, you see uh, the Thatcher sorry it's Thatcher it's uh, Margaret Thatcher it's Margaret Thatcher which was uh, in the same house um, many years ago and after winning election in 90, in, 80, in 87 was as waving from this from this um, uh, um, window and I'm going to do the same this evening. <laughs> uh, exactly from the same window. You can say, you can say, well, because I believe in, in Europe, quite, quite, quite simply. And, uh, uh, well, let me say, it's austerity measures. You can ask why in austerity measures times, new house. Because uh, we, we, we had to have two houses, one for European Commission, and second one to for the European Parliament. Now it's one house for both, and there will be uh, a lot of advantages from the point of view of spending money, because uh, the same administration, similar, so much cheaper, in longer, longer term. Not of course for for next few months. So it's uh, justified in austerity measures to open new house, especially because it's so, so important house for you, so it means for Europeans, very important house. Uh, did you expect something else? <laughs> 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 uh, probably it's a very, very good beginning, 
what does Europe mean for myself? Just to open such a houses for, in, for, for exchanging views, we want to inform uh, British citizens and also all of you being here in LSE, for example, studying from all over the world. What does it mean, Europe, European Union? And it's very important, we also want to take information from you. What does it mean, Great Britain, Commonwealth, and what you expect from the European Union? Through this house is a very good place for exchanging information on those sides. So it's something about Europe. Norman. Well, Norman, <laughs> Norman Center didn't, didn't expect something like that because uh, he proposed me to talk about uh, all the um, difficult uh, biography of myself. Um, no, it, everything is, uh, is open. Uh, I wanted to start, however, by um, asking about identity in your country as in mine, there are many people who think that the European Union is undermining our national identity. Uh, and I wondered whether you, after becoming President of the European Parliament, whether you feel less Polish than you did before. Well, uh, mm, well it's, uh, it's really an mm, interesting question even for me, because I must try to, to answer this question, maybe first time. Uh, I have uh, mm, in front of me such a problem. Um, let me say, we cannot stop being born in the country, national country, with uh, with certain language, um, while well, uh, having some age like me, not being very young, to change suddenly to say I'm not Polish, I'm something else. But for me, Europe, as a matter of fact, was a dream. So because it was the dream for many decades in my country, and we were fighting for Europe to be inside, <coughs> much, much stronger, I, I believe, than you, British. Because for you, it's Commonwealth. Everything is open for, for decades, for centuries. It was not the same in my country. So it's probably a big difference. For me, Europe is something absolutely wonderful. And we were believing in my country in very sad, grey times that we could achieve it, to be inside Europe. We never believed that we will stay in communist times forever. So now, it's like like dream being here. I never thought being in European Parliament and being president of European Parliament. Well, <laughs> we'll see. All right, but the dream it. has come true. Uh, but do you think that now the dream is uh, a reality, people care less about uh, being European as well as being Polish, British, German, French, whatever? Uh, um, is the, the climate in, in Poland, for example, um, are people less interested in the European Union than when they were excluded from it? Mm, I don't think so, that it's less, they are less interested. They are interested in different ways. 
because it's not still dream, it's reality. <coughs> and we would like to have good relations with all the member states and also outside European Union. We would like to compete, to have uh, joint uh, research and money for our universities, to have good relations with all the universities in Europe, first of all, first of all, and then with other universities. So it's, um, uh, well, uh, a, a lot of technicalities, very important, of course, for our everyday life. Uh, fortunately, it's not a, not a dream now, but uh, in my country, support for the European integration is more than 80%. You must imagine something like that. Today is much stronger than support to NATO membership. Incredible, unbelievable. Of course, NATO is very important as well, probably 70%, support 75%, something like that. But Europe, more than 80 In some polls, even 86 something like that. Unbelievable. So it's quite different. Not dream anymore, but very concrete actions, very concrete uh, activities. And they think we are very interested in integration. You must visit uh, my country. <laughs> <laughs> Easy jet goes from Luton, I think, twice. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Rather EasyJet than Ryanair. <laughs> EasyJet is run by an LSE alumnus, so that's, oh. uh, that's safe territory. Um, yes, t talking about um, travel, um, in my the introduction to my uh, big history of Europe, I mentioned three um, sort of boring uh, um, varieties of Europe: geographical, civilizational, and uh, political, uh, I wonder whether this sort of academic theorizing means anything to you. Um, but before that, um, how well do you know um, uh, geographical Europe um, from the Atlantic to the Euro Urals? Do you know Russia? Have you been to the Urals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it just happens uh, ten years ago that I was the Prime Minister of Poland, so I had a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I had a lot of possibilities to visit all the European capitals, almost, but I didn't see anything. <laughs> so uh, I, I can tell you that, of course, you can also uh, uh, always know something about, about Europe. But I visited Russia, Soviet Union, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, quite a few times, and also, uh, and also uh, Russia, um, Russia Federation two or three times, officially, officially being Prime Minister, and a few months ago as President of the European Parliament, great discussion with uh, President Medvedev, I can assure you, great discussion about, for example, partnership for, for modernization. What does it mean? Well, it's, it's, it's quite a separate story, I would say. But in my, in my communist times, let me say, uh, well, uh, I didn't visit almost anything except of uh, North Slovakia because in North Slovakia is Tatra mountains and you could go and to ski there first and you could also go to Black Sea for summer holidays I went to Bulgaria but in Bulgaria in Poland Romania was every time if every place is same 
And she, well, I didn't want I didn't want to go anymore. You know why? Because we were we were you know it was great weather of course all the time. And at one o'clock was lunch time, and we were going to the restaurants. It was written on the all restaurants. It is a, a, a lunch break for the service. So between one o'clock until five o'clock, it was completely closed <laughs> because uh, you know the waiters and cookers said they must go for a lunch. So we didn't eat anything at lunchtime. I said last time in my history, and well, I sp I was spending my holidays in my country. It was tremendous, fantastic, because I was as young as you, so everything was fantastic to have some bread, sometimes some vodka. It was great, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, so I didn't, I didn't know it as much. Matter of fact, Europe very well, or almost anything. Mm -hmm. But last 20 years, mm -hmm. from '89, Poland achieved freedom. First of all, it was in our country. On June '89, we had free election. As a matter of fact, thanks to solidarity movement, and later. It was everything what happened in the in the autumn in Czech Republic, Hungary, and dismantling uh, the Berlin, Berlin Wall was in November. So it, from 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 since eighty nine, I have been visiting almost all the European countries, but not before. Uh, before we leave Russia, do you feel that Russia is European? Yes. It is European country. We are influenced in every country from, from different cultures, we yes. must say. But it's European country. I believe very strongly in it. Uh, let's move to your earlier life. Um, you were born in the Zaolzhe district, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is no longer in Poland. Uh, it came from a frontier area, yeah. um, an area where um, the Poles are predominantly Protestant. Yeah, uh, and, and not plastic. Uh, when you moved to um, uh, Polish side Asia, did you feel a member of a, an oppressed minority, not being a Catholic? Mm, well, not at all, not at all. And uh, when I became prime minister in in next seven, and it's uh, more than ninety percent Catholics in 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 Poland. And Protestant is 0.2%, you must imagine, 0.2%, not 2%, much less. <laughs> than because, well, not everybody is studying mathematics, so. <laughs> <laughs> you see, so, so in such a country, Prime Minister, Protestant, well, it's, it's incredible. And po uh, Polish bishops, Catholic bishops, they said, tremendous, fantastic. Nobody will be complaining that Poland, Poland is a xenophobic country. <laughs> so they were very, really, they were very pleased and very happy about that. So I didn't feel anything what could happen against, against myself. Everybody knew that it's a small part of Poland, very small district of Poland. And because of history, this district of Poland was not uh, in, in the state, in the country, Poland, for 570 years, 570 years, starting from from 14th century until until 19th century, 
and uh, it was absolutely separated from the rest of the Poland. And Polish were people, well, people were of course Polish because nobody influenced them being uh, farmers or something like that. No problem for, for them. But in this part was a, was a governor or, or prince or something like that who was Protestant. It was quite, quite usual on those times that prince was Protestant, all the members of the community was Protestants as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a small part of country with Protestant um, yeah, denomination and all the other parts, much bigger, are uh, Catholics. Uh, your, the, your birthplace is now in the Czech Republic. Yes. Could you tell us what happened when you went back there as, uh, I think, as either as Prime Minister or as President of the... the yeah, European Czech Republic. Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Czech, Czech, Czech Republic Prime Minister and he invited me immediately after, what, a few days after my my nomination as a, as a prime minister, and we went together to my to my to my place, to my to my home when when I was born, because it was a war, and it was no no in hospital, it was no everybody was born in, 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 in flat homes, and so we we spent tremendous time, and people were waiting on me and uh, singing uh, Polish uh, uh, songs. What did they sing? They, they sang a famous song. Right? I remember you telling me once. Uh, well, uh, but you must translate it into English. Oh dear, yes. <laughs> because I know this words only in Polish. Ojczysty yeah. dom. Yes. My father's house. To piękny kraj. Dar ojca niebieskiego. How many of Polish? Well, how many of Polish yes. students are sitting here? My father's. As beautiful country was given by our heavenly father. Yeah, there's something like that, yeah. and so on, so on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it was not so easy. Uh, you were brought up in Gliwice in yeah. Upper Silesia, um, uh, which is very different, although very near, a very di different part of the world. Um, uh, heavy industry, coal, steel, yeah. dirt. Yeah. Uh, do you feel attached to those industrial parts of the world? Yes. Do you come to Manchester, do you feel at home? Yeah. <laughs> also in Oxford, because you have a, a lot of industry in Oxford. No, Cowley, so, not Oxford, yes. In well, Cowley you feel at okay, home, right? Okay, okay. Well, Calais, you mean opposite no, side no, of the is part Okay, of very good. <laughs> very good. Uh, uh, well, uh, it was no problem for me because um, I decided to study uh, uh, well at technical university, University of Technology. It was much easier from point of view of um, communist ideology because you can you could feel much safer at uh, at um, a university of, of of technology, technical university, and uh, starting with with. Um, technical sciences and so on, all the industry was something helpful for me because I could practice everything uh, and so it was very interesting. I didn't complain for that mm -hmm. but it was of course very dirty, industrialized, <laughs> well it was some, it, it has changed a lot, has changed a lot over the last uh, 20 years so it's quite different place now after 20 years being free country, European Union, and um, while having um, big support from the European Union, it's quite obvious we could change it while incredibly. Uh, for 30 years, you were a 
um, an academic scientist, you're yeah. a chemical engineer, yeah. uh, very different from being prime minister or, or so on. Did well, you... When I went to China, <laughs> everybody in between uh, 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 authorities is engineer. So, you know, China is a very strong country, so I think. <laughs> so it's not something unusual to be engineer and prime minister, I hope. Are the skills of a chemical engineer useful for being a politician? No, no. <laughs> not at all. It's a good question. But um, practicing science, sciences and being a scientific worker. Maybe it's something helpful being politicians as well because uh, it's a similar approach. It's your, your, your duty to serve something, something sometimes irrational because you, not, you, you, you cannot formulate, uh, formulate your, your main task you are seeking for the result of your experiments, for example. And it's great if you are sitting at night, let's say 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock night, and you can find something at, at the end of your scientific, scientific investigations. I loved it, really. It was fantastic. The right article, uh, many, many, many English, uh, Americans and so on, so British, uh, articles outside outside of my country as well, international um, scientific periodics is is fantastic, and it's something similar with 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 politics. Well, politics is much more dangerous, of course, <laughs> from my point of view, and not so quiet. But uh, you try to develop something new, new idea. As a matter of fact, if you are true and serious politicians, you must think about new ideas how to implement them and to solve the problems of society. And you never know the result of your hard work. You never know what would be the end of your work. Some, sometimes in scientific words you have negative answer and they say that negative answer is also answer in the case of sciences because for everybody after you it's quite obvious that he should not, she should not go the same way because it's wrong way. So, negative answer is also an answer, answer an answer, mm -hmm. and it's the same in in politics as, ma as a matter of fact. Because we must try. Sometimes we, we lose having good idea. Sometimes we win having bad idea. Mm -hmm. It's uh, absolutely <laughs> as in sciences. But uh, on the longer distance, mm -hmm. you can check your result in the open society. Society of uh, scientists, or much wider society in the case of mm -hmm. politics, of course. Uh, you are living and working on the other side of the Iron Curtain. Did you feel then, I mean the <coughs> 70s and, and, and 80s when you were uh, an academic, that you were living in a European scientific community. Was this, did you have scientific contacts uh, or were you completely cut off? Every, every year, or every maybe 
five years it was better and better because it was impossible to keep uh, communism in, in my country also in other countries but in my country it was very difficult I even reminded my, myself the very very um, what is coming here a very uh, important statement by Joseph Stalin do you know what, what who was he? <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, introducing the communism to Poland is like putting the saddle on the cow. <laughs> and it was very true, because we didn't believe in communism, well, 80%. Like today we believe in Europe. We didn't believe 80% of us in communism. So it's very, very big similarity. So it was very different with, with, with <coughs> Polish people mm -hmm. all the time. And we're fighting for more and more freedom. So let's say in the 70s, it was much easier. Mm -hmm. uh, some, step back was, uh, some steps back was uh, in the 80s, after martial law. As you know, 80, uh, 1980 solidarity, great six, uh, 15 months of freedom, and then martial law, and next seven years while well, without freedom back but nobody believed it could it could uh, uh, last, uh, very longer so so uh, i would say at the end of 70s and even the 80s it was open country from point of view of sciences nothing else probably but sciences yes we had uh, literature we have contacts could even go from time to time to the conference to the West. Mm -hmm. uh, in that same period I used to come to the Soviet seminar here in LSE and I never heard such a good quote about uh, uh, Joseph Stalin here. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I first heard of you in uh, 1981 when, when you were the chairman of the first Solidarity uh, yeah, Congress. Yeah, that's right. Um, and of course you've gone ever upwards for, uh, from then. Um, how do you feel about the terrible feud between former politicians, between politicians of the former Solidarity Movement today in Poland? The, uh, the great split is between uh, parties which both originate from, from Solidarity. Well, uh, probably something we're dreaming of, as a matter of fact, because uh, now we have two main parties, uh, where which uh, which both of them, which uh, um, belong to the same the same family. Let's say from point of view of fighting for freedom, for human rights, uh, for for free market economy. So from this point of view, it's rather good that we have rather our post-communists now. They of course changed a lot they has been changing all the time so they are not the same as 20 or 25 years ago of course but still they are they are with uh, with with post communist cv or something like that so they are rather not very very strong party in in our country maybe it's better but of course um uh, we we are just worried about the i must tell you very honestly about the level of the discussion in, in our country, because it is a, a very strong discussion and deep discussion on the history of Poland. We're just trying to 
overcome some differences on maybe to to explain to ourselves our history, which was very difficult history. It's very difficult to be in in occupied country. First of all, in the German Nazis times, it was uh, occupied Poland, and then to be in occupied in different way for for let's say 40 years or something by by communists, communism, and uh, without freedom, free expression, and you feel that. Uh, your your future is absolutely gray. It's, it's not black, because nobody was murdered us, was was murdering us. So it was not not so bad, but still, if you don't have any future really in front of you, what can you do? How would you? How can you think think about your country in serious way? So um, from this point of view, just having two parties, which were thinking in the same way two main parties, opposition, coalition, coalition, opposition, thinking the same way about the future, uh, the same, well, I, I mean the members of the party, about the same way about uh, on, on the freedom, democracy, free market economy, is not bad result, I think, after 20 years. Mm. When, when you were one of the solidarity <coughs> leaders, did, were you aware how important solidarity was for neighboring countries and for other parts of Europe? Well, uh, well, it was a big experience. Still, even today, I can tell you very honestly, very honestly, being uh, for four years prime minister of my country, very important, now being a president of the parliament, still the most important event for me and um, something which really changed my life and la life of my compatriots was uh, 15 months of solidarity in sight of, of communist surroundings, because East Germany was communist, Czechoslovakia from south, and Soviet Union from east. Nothing else. While uh, 220 kilometers um, uh, to, to, to Sweden by Baltic Sea. Uh, not easy to Long to, way to, to swim, yeah. But swim. <laughs> Very well, you are right. <laughs> So, mm, being, uh, being uh, chairman, president of the National Congress of Solidarity, first Congress, mm -hmm. is the most important event in my life. Because we, we, we were not experienced in democracy at all. To have, for example, secret ballot, 10 million uh, members of Solidarity, 10 million in a few mm -hmm. weeks, against communism. Mm -hmm. And at the end, from the from, from, from the very beginning, 10 million was voting for, for next steps and to be in Congress, 1,000 delegates in, in around was a, a um, war ships in the, in the Baltic Sea waiting for invasion. Uh, 150 uh, uh, Soviet soldiers. Uh, sorry, sorry, yeah. 150,000 Soviet soldiers. <laughs> in my country, waiting for invasion. Well, it was uh, really incredible. And we wrote a uh, um, program, uh, Save Governing Poland. Save Governing Poland. Well, from many points of view, uh, still, it's a lot of chapters in this program. We mm -hmm. can go ahead just even now, because we were thinking about the future. It was a great event for me, yes, mm -hmm. really, to be, to be chairman mm -hmm. of such a congress. You resurfaced 
20 year, almost 20 years later as Prime Minister in the late 1990s. Poland was entering NATO and preparing to uh, join the European Union. Can you explain why there was so much resistance to joining the uh, European Union in the 1990s in Poland? Well, uh, uh, well, NATO was something natural because we didn't uh, feel very, very safe in our country all the time, especially being so close to, first of all, to Soviet Union and then even, even to Russia because, well, uh, you know, a, a reconciliation process in Europe is not very easy. Also in, in British islands, it's not very easy because we have very different European history. So from this point of view, mm, uh, NATO was, was quite natural. And to, to get into, into uh, European Union was necessary to change everything in our country. Uh, economy, um, public services. So for example, I had to introduce, uh, as a matter of five reforms completely reforms of uh, pension system. It's working until now, it's not so bad. Uh, uh, education system reform, administration and self-governing system uh, reform, and health care service reform. You know how dangerous it is. So, uh, even in the United States, if you see health care service reform, you can imagine. And also coal mining industry reform. I had to close 22 mines in my district, in my constituency, as a matter of fact. So you can imagine 100,000 people out of work, in unemployment. But it was necessary to go to the European Union to be compatible with the whole European Union. You had to take such reforms. So it was not so popular, you must imagine. But people still believed we can, we can stand it and to be in the European Union. <coughs> uh, and we won referendum yes. for yes. Very clear. <laughs> well, Very done, clear. well done, well yes. <laughs> um, done. You're now um, President of the European Parliament at the time when the Lisbon Treaty is being put into effect. Uh, I wondered what your impressions were about the um, uh, implications of the Lisbon Treaty um, on the Union in general and on the workings of the Parliament in particular? Yeah, it's a, it's a big implication because European Parliament is now is, as a matter of fact, is as strong in the European Union as an institution as every national parliament in every member state. And national parliament, well, uh, uh, House <coughs> of Lords, House of Commons, very important as you know very well for legislation. And we are probably as important for the whole European Union just now, not before. Because now we are co-legislator with the Council, Council of Ministers, Council. So it means uh, representatives of all the governments and European Parliament, co-legislator, like <coughs> House of Lords, House of Commons, or, or in, the, uh, in the United States, we have also two chambers. So it's a big difference. We have also European Council with the President of European Council, Mr. Van Rompuy. It's a new institution. I'm always saying it's something like collective president, but you don't have you don't have president in 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 the United uh, Kingdom in the in the in this, uh, in this country. So maybe it's not so easy to understand. But when I'm going to United States and saying that it's a collective Obama, they understand it very easily. <laughs> 
and uh, well, so it's uh, just uh, relations and and cooperation between institutions maybe are, are easier. And national parliaments are very important, responsible for the European legislation is very important. Now national parliament could influence the uh, European legislation first time in the history, very important. So Lisbon Treaty is a treaty of parliaments, giving much more power to national parliaments and European parliament. Mm -hmm. um, Sorry, I hope it will be much more fruitful and could could act uh, better for the citizens. I'm, I'm quite sure of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we were going to be joined today by Baroness a Ashton. Uh, she's uh, talking with the Iranians, I, I, I yeah, think, yeah. so couldn't yeah. come. Uh, but she's founding a, a European Foreign Service for the first time. Yeah. Uh, how far have they got with that? How oh, well, she's ready. <laughs> and uh, she will introduce British diplomacy to our European service. I believe in it. <laughs> very uh, well fluent and excellent. Very good. <laughs> Next question. That's all. <laughs> um, you were an educator for uh, 30 years, a professor of university, and we're here in. Um, I was going to say one of London University's most distinguished colleges, along with that's UCL right. and that's Imperial right. and I so know on. About that. Um, Imperial is not part of the University of London. Oh, it's, it, it was in my time. It is now. Um, it's not. I. I <laughs> <laughs> you you say that with conviction. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was. Um, talking about education, um, uh, certainly when I was a student here, there was uh, very little education directed towards European citizenship or U European awareness. Do you find that, that youngsters in Europe now are well informed about the, uh, the great union in which they live? Mm, they are not informed very well. Uh, uh, except of uh, those students who are just studying European affairs, probably. I think so, because when I'm visiting my country, I see the same, except of uh, students studying uh, European affairs. They are not very well informed. But if you ask, well, are you very well informed about everything what is happening in your, in your parliament and your government? Probably not, not necessarily, but still, national parliament, national government is much closer to you, so you can t see them every time in the in the screen on the TV, but not with European Parliament, European Commission, and European Council. So we are far away from from the public opinion. It's a pity because we influence about sixty percent of your legislation, national legislation, sixty percent. <laughs> now we are we are deciding about European budget. Who knows about that? Please. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Well, about money, you know much more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are interested. Very good. Very good. So it's not easy to have a contact with public opinion in Europe, of course because it's a long, big distance. 
but well, well, uh, uh, I think we like it to be united in the diversity, to have different languages. Everybody is speaking English, of course, but <laughs> almost everybody, but still different languages, habits, and it's great. And I think we can, we can also export our model of cooperation to other parts of the world, because I don't think that people are ready to lose their habits, their beliefs. No, not at all. But cooperation, like in Europe, fantastic idea. Open the market, open the borders, except of some countries. And <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, when you were uh, a young man, the age of most people here, you left the closed world of Eastern Europe and you came to Cambridge for, for yeah. one year. Could, could you tell us something about the impressions on you then? Hammer is difficult, very difficult. Well, it's just a, one of the things I speak very rarely and, and even don't like very much. You know, to be from communist country, to come to Cambridge, you know, probably most of you, Cambridge or Oxford, very similar. Probably Cambridge is better. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Professor, I know you are. You are. I have you Cambridge time. Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> Especially for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Professor, great. Thank you very much. You know, uh, from, from sad, grey, communist country. Like, what? Well, let's say, no ham in in shops or even no sweet. No chocolate for for the children. And um, lemons for Christmas only. You cannot believe that. You could not buy lemons. It was for Christmas or orange for Christmas. My my daughter and uh, uh, and my, my cousin's son we went for for skiing. Um, uh, in, in martial law in Poland and they were about five or six years old and it was a, somebody was queuing this small resort in South Poland and they said well, it was a, a, a before, before Christmas and they were um, selling um, oranges and they received two oranges because everybody could, could buy only two oranges so I took two oranges and went home back they put the oranges, it was triumph, success story. <laughs> and both four years old were sitting and saying, what's that? <laughs> they asked me. And they realized the last time they had orange, they had orange, but three years before. So being two years old, after three years, they didn't realize what's that. Can you imagine? Four, five years or four years old children are sitting and asking me what that. <laughs> so you must imagine what what was really the country. What was the question? <laughs> the question was were there oranges in Cambridge? <laughs> 
Okay, okay. So uh, they were in Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, to come to Cambridge for one year for some countries is unbelievable dream. I went back to my country. My supervisor in Cambridge, Professor Dankfors, is the most famous on those times in chemical engineering reality, most famous all over the world. And he asked me at the end of my stay in, 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 in Cambridge University, you know, if you want to stay for two years longer, I can go to, to, uh, and to, to give you a new scholarship. Royal Society, he was a member of the Royal Society, they can give you for two years scholarship. I said, no, I must go to my, to my country. He goes, why? What's the reason? No, now after one year staying here in Cambridge, I know that in my country everything must be changed because my compatriots don't believe communism and they know how does it look like free country. It's free market economy, open to the world. And I must go to my country to see how it's happening, how it will be changed in my country, because I believe it will be changed. And fortunately, I went back and it was solidarity. <laughs> so it was a great choice. <laughs> Sorry, not to stay in Cambridge was a great choice. <laughs> Sorry. Perhaps time to move on. Let's try and um, let's open it out a little bit to the, um, uh, to the audience. But, but as you were thinking, let me just ask you one question of uh, my own, if, if yeah. I might, yeah. about the European Parliament. Because when um, the new British government was elected, there was a lot of debate here about their commitment to uh, move the Conservative Party out of the European People's Party, which of course is your grouping. Um, and people said that will reduce the influence of uh, the Conservative Party in the European Parliament. Do you think that's happened, the, the, the fact that they've moved out? Do you think that has reduced Conservative influence in the European Parliament? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Who would like to ask a question? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, suddenly a lot of hands. I'm going to start right up the top there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if the, uh, the bailout of um, Ireland and um, some of the other countries doesn't, um, doesn't work and uh, Spain and Portugal have problems, do you think there's going to be a problem with the euro? Because I, I have heard people say that maybe Germany may come out and uh, they may sort of like have the Deutsche Mark on its own and uh, so forth if, if it does sort of spiral out of control with, um, with the, uh, you know, if there, if there was a further banking crisis. Yeah. I am, I am personally convinced that euro uh, will survive. I'll, I'm almost sure of that. Uh, because so uh, it's, it's no other choice. It's necessary to 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 help uh, some countries, and I think uh, on the rule of solidarity, it will be would be done in the future. And uh, and let me say, we introduce uh, what you know. Europe is built on the solidarity rule, and um, at the beginning, we wanted to avoid to avoid next war in 50, 50s, the 50s. And later, now, it is a no war between us, fortunately. It's great, fantastic. Um, negotiations all the time, okay, it must be instead of warring. Very good. 
but now we are interested in economic progress to have a progress to have a, a open market to relaunch a single market in in the European Union and to 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 influence the whole world to be competitive as European Union. Competitive it means uh, growth, because competition means very very quick growth. Growth it means creating jobs, creating jobs uh, less unemployment. Well, fantastic. So we are working for that. And euro is necessary for this reason to be more united, more to have uh, also not not in the future not only um, common or uh, or um, integrated currency, but also economic, uh, economical integ integration is necessary. So let me say, I believe that all our uh, decisions, latest decisions, will help to avoid such a crisis in the future, and we introduced, introduced quite a new rule. Solidarity must be connected to responsibility. No solidarity without responsibility. And I think it will be work for the future. And will be will be surviving for, for the for the Eurozone. Thank I'm you. sure of that. One up there, yeah. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Colin Perlo. I study global politics here. Um, my question is, uh, well, to begin with, I completely agree with what you just said there. And my question is very similar but different. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to start with a laugh. How bad an idea do you think it was for Britain to stay out of the euro? And do you think there's any possibility of Euro uh, Britain joining the euro in the future? Um, yes. Can you see what Of course. Which uh, one? I don't know. <laughs> Norman, what do you think? Do you think the UK has any chance of joining the euro? Uh, not, not foreseeably, I, d I don't think so. Um, uh, but these, these are steps of faith um, as much as, um, of course, there are calculations behind them, but uh, there simply isn't the right climate for such a not now. Jump. Mm, not now. But let us assume that we, we survive in the nearest future. And uh, will be <laughs> will be will be some other countries inside. If ca of course my country, some others are waiting for that. Mm. And uh, it will be stronger, stronger. And uh, I think in will, will be very influential. It could influence all the countries which are outside Euro, and could be very helpful as well for the others. And uh, operational costs. Uh, well, smaller one or one and a half percent or something like that, for competitiveness of the economy, one percent, as you know, we are at London School of Economics, it's always very important, one percent is a lot of money. So from this point of view, step by step, if we can survive, but I believe that. So it's a future for all of us, maybe in ten years, we should not say which year but in 10 years or something, maybe 15 years. But we have long perspective. We are not in a hurry. I think there's as much chance of our joining the Euro as of a Protestant becoming Prime Minister of Poland. So, here. A quite different question. Uh, 
the European community is a wonderful development and it is a wonderful dream as you explain but you did say that 60% of effective legislation in Britain comes from Europe is that absolutely necessary do you not does Europe not get involved in far too many little details uh, or big details just mm -hmm. get involved with far too much which you should which you should not get involved in and have yeah. that 60% cut down to say 30%. Yeah, probably you are right that we are slightly overloaded. But you know, it's, uh, I can tell you, it is implemented in, in Great Britain. So it, it doesn't mean that it's taken from the European legislation straight away. So you must implement it, it's not easy. They are, well, all the time, also before being a member of the European Union, Every year was a lot of work in your parliament. You can check it. It's no big difference. Now we have some, some crucial ideas which are, which are common. For example, single market. So it's, it is working also for Great Britain. We have uh, some issues very important together like energy <coughs> issue, climate issue, energy field that Great Britain is very interested. And not only in single market, but also in climate issue. Uh, for research, for for studies, for for the, our universities, we are trying to to make it easier to move from one university to another, from 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 Great Britain to the continent, from continent to Great Britain. It's not easy. For example, from point of view of pension system, you have in every country different pension system, and somebody is coming to at London School of Economics from 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 Czech Republic. And what about 20 years uh, uh, living in, in Czech Republic, 20 years in Great Britain, what about pension system? You must see how does it work. You cannot do without such a legislation, and so on, so on. And it's in, implemented in your country. Some, sometimes it's, it takes a lot of time just to change a lot of things, so it's not easy to implement, but still, it's, it's your national uh, legislation as well. It's not only European legislation. We are influence your legislation because we are in, in common Europe. Then with a stripy shirt on. Thing. Yeah. Can you just wait for the mic? Maybe a second. Thanks. Yes, you mentioned uh, previously the vision behind the European community as it was then, but being preventing war in the future. Yeah. And now you mentioned talk about economic growth. Do you think that's enough of a vision to convince many people well, in the UK that are Eurosceptic? I'm not myself, but it's a much harder image to yeah, sell. Yeah. And while there may be European House, uh, Euronews, all these channels, it has to, do you not feel there should be some strong vision which people can understand and relate to? Well, um, uh, if you are not frightened, it's not so easy to be together. If you are very frightened and you are experienced by the war, it was easier, of course. And um, mm, on the other hand, in the time of crisis, uh, it's quite natural, protectionism. Even, sorry, it's not, I'm not saying about, about Great Britain, about our history, our horrible his European history. It's also about uh, nationalism, it's possible. You must imagine what happened in the 30s last century after the crisis very similar to the crisis of today you must you must remember and to not to not to forget about not to forget about that
because it's just such a time uh, just to be divided to to take care about ourselves not about so it's also your responsibility young people in Europe to prevent it to say no just now we need solidarity more solidarity as much more be united and think about each other because we have a very bad experience in Europe after the crisis deep crisis so it's necessary to think on this way it is your your responsibility as well uh, woman on the second row at the um, in the balcony there um, hello, my name is Alexandra and I study European political economy um, and I was a bit impressed uh, by the sorrow you put in your stories regarding the communist times. Yet at the same time, now you say that Russia is European. So I was wondering, when did that change of heart happen for you? Well, uh, we, uh, we, we were also European being in, in communist times. So Russia could be also very, very European, having a quite, quite different, well, not quite different, but slightly different approach to, to democracy or, or to... <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, well, sorry. Uh, uh, well, Council of Europe and other observers, after the free election in Russia, they said, it is okay, more or less. <laughs> so, it's a some, some doubts, but not many. If you compare Russia of today with Russia at the beginning of the 90s, last century, it's a big difference. You must know about that. I was also complaining in my discussion with President Medvedev. And I said the names Anna Politkovskaya, Magnitsky, and so on. I, I, I'm, and Mr. Mr. Um, uh, president said, "Yes, it is our our justice. Well, it's, it's a it's a necessary as our judicial system. We must reform judicial system." He said, "To be more transparent, and great, fantastic. We're talking about about um, um, partnership for modernization, EU Russia cooperation, and it was previous idea in in Russia. Can you imagine?" that modernization, it will separate places, few, seven or something in the country, quite separated from the other part of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, of the country, and it will be developed inside, new technologies, new ideas, and so on and so on. And we started to discuss, and he was very, he, he, he was very serious about saying, no, it is impossible. I said, civil society is a first step for modernization. And he said, yes, we know about that. We must change this idea from the separate places with modernization to the whole country, because we must modernize our citizens, first of all. They must think, start to think in different way. But it's not easy. It's not easy. 144 million people, an incredible big country, incredibly big country. And, you know, it's, it, it must go step by step. So I believe very strongly it's European country with a lot of threats in front of it and also because of long border with China. You know very well, that's a very long border. And uh, Siberia is completely empty. And you have a very crowded 
territory on the on the China side. It's a big tension, incredible, but they really feel European. You can also think about history, 18th century. Well, it's, we, we should not, not, not have doubt about that. If we think about Georgia, about Moldova, about Belarus, European countries, with a lot of problems, of course. But I'm, I'm quite, quite convinced they are European. We'll take one more question right down at the front here. Wait for the microphone, please. You have mentioned about the unity and the European Union as such. Uh, do you believe that uh, Russia could itself join the European Union one day? Well, as you said, Protestant could be Prime Minister in Poland. <laughs> so, so it's uh, maybe, maybe the same probability. So not very high, I think, <laughs> as, as, as far as I can recognize situation today. But you never, you know, nothing is for, for, for always, for, for, for the long, long, we must take care. We must take care about our European Union, our, our uh, reconciliation in many countries. Also today with uh, Central Eastern European country, with my country, for example, and Russia. Something like long process, we have started. It's a long process of reconciliation, because never is for not nothing is forever. We were just discussing today about Charlemagne uh, in Empire. It it was for half a century only, and everybody thought in the ninth century that will be forever. You had open borders from Portugal. It was no Portugal on the map, of course. To, to, I don't know, to, to, to Russia or to, to Lithuania, there was no Lithuania on the map as well. But you, have, you could go everywhere. They have uh, money together, like Euro, everything was organized in this country for half a century. It was such a, and after that war and nothing. So we must think in the same way about our European and to take care about that. <laughs> And so it is a reason I believe in integration, in cooperation, in solidarity. I would like to, to transfer, transfer my belief to you and to others. Because it's really good time for that. Time of crisis is the best time to think about integration, about community, to, to be together as close as possible. We're going to have to wind up now. I'd like to thank Norman uh, for his uh, contribution and for his uh, questions. Can, like I, can, I, can I say a few words? Yes. I'm, I'm very grateful for all of you for invitation, but I must tell you that I'm very grateful and I would like to say all the best to my great friend, Professor Norman Davies. Thank you very much for coming together with me while interpreting and translating some <laughs> important important sentences did I pass uh, the exam? oh yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely. very quickly and very precisely and uh, you know it's great for me because I feel always very well together with you because you have fantastic British sense of humor I like it <laughs>
but there's one, one embarrassment now for you, um, which is that we give you this <laughs> And you have to put it on. And usually I say to people, there's no difficulty, no embarrassment about putting it on because President Mandela, as he, when he was president, did so. But with you, given your warm tribute to the Democrat President Medvedev, I can say he also wore one of these caps when he spoke here. So that's very good. <laughs> oh, well. It's too small. <laughs> you see? It was se- I think it was the size of Medvedev, actually. <laughs> okay. I make it slightly, slightly bigger. Wow. The biggest possible. <laughs> now it's much better. <laughs>